This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to Spears and Ali. You're listening to hour number two presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the amazing Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Uh, we're going to talk some NFL offseason to begin hour number two here. Uh, we will talk Arizona Wildcats basketball uh, later on this hour and also at the uh, top of the 5 o'clock hour as well. And then Arizona baseball head coach Chip Hale will be joining the show at 525 to talk about Arizona's big win over Tennessee and also their upcoming home opener against West Virginia at High Corbett Field. Yeah, you know, and uh, sorry to bust your bubble but you're going to be doing the interview with chip hale on your own and i'm sorry about that but i'm trying to secure our preeminent first guest for the morning oh, i ain't too upset you about it. you know who is gonna be yeah so let me uh let me get a couple beers in him before i ask him and i'm sure it's gonna go just fine have fun with jerome bettis yeah. can't wait to have him on spears and ali jerome bettis troy yeah. palomalu yeah it's uh brett kiesel the Steelers, a Steelers bonanza. <laughs> yeah. Steelers in the morning. Let's just change the show name. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, Levi Wallace we and Ali Farhang. We should get uh, Dave Bryant from Steelers Depot back on before the NFL draft. I'll make sure that happens. Well, I mean, shoot. NFL draft is, what, two months away? Yeah, dude. Man. And, uh, combine is in like two weeks. That's insane. I'm so, this, the, there's no offseason for the NFL, and they're brilliant about it. Yeah. I mean, we're, all, we're talking about NFL storylines right now. Absolutely. Right? And that leads us to the the carousel of free agents, right? Uh, so it's an impressive list of free agents. One of them is uh, Lamar Jackson. Well, he's not a free agent. But, but he potentially could be. He could be. They're going to franchise Could be. Him. They're, they're going to franchise tag him. But another guy who's uh, – And just so you know, all franchise tags or any kind of tags need to be applied by March 7th. So that's the yes. date to look out for. But if he uh, – They still do it like – like is it like an ear thing or is it like – Getting franchise tagged, <laughs> like they're like cattle. <laughs> no, funny. No, no, no. The the, the franchise tag. Um, but if he does get franchise tagged, he will not, or he can hold out on preseason training camp, mini camp, everything. Well, there's two kinds of he, franchise he, tags. He could right? he could sit out for a long time. There's the non-exclusive franchise tag, which means that he can negotiate with other teams, and then Baltimore would have a right to match, and then they. They get a first-round pick or something. Yeah. And then there's exclusive, uh, and they, there's two first-round picks. And then there's the exclusive franchise tag, which he cannot negotiate with any other team. And you know, obviously, he's not going to sign with another team. So it's going to be interesting to see which one Baltimore does, because Baltimore is like, you know what, go out there and negotiate, and we'll either match or not. That kind of tells you how they feel about Lamar Jackson, and maybe there's stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know. I, I kind of feel bad for him, but at the same time. This is the the disadvantage you have in not having an agent. Yeah. Well, he has he has a representative. Did he finally hire somebody? Yeah. His mom. Who did he hire? Oh, his mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't I don't think mom is doing too much of the negotiating. I think it's Lamar Jackson, and maybe he's got a lawyer that he consults with and yeah. he's talking with other people. But this is why people are agents. You you hire people that can handle this kind of thing for you. And I know that. You know, it's maybe hard to put all of your trust into somebody who's literally changing your livelihood and is providing you generational wealth when it's all said and done. But you need 
a professional to help you out in this. And yeah. I think that Lamar Jackson thought he could get away with this, but when it comes time to it, like your second contract, this is where you need a professional's help. I agree. And uh, really, this is why 31 teams in the NFL hate the 32nd team, which is the Cleveland Browns. Everybody hates the Cleveland Browns, and they should hate the Cleveland Browns. Because of Deshaun Watson? Because they suck. But number two... Yeah, they signed Deshaun Watson to a you know fully guaranteed $260 million, $230 million deal. And Lamar Jackson's like, I'm better than that gentleman, and I want to get my 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 deal fully guaranteed, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I think that Lamar Jackson is going to be back with the Baltimore Ravens, but I don't know. Does uh, the I heard the Atlanta Falcons are potentially interested in acquiring Lamar Jackson. Or he's maybe interested in going to Atlanta. Um, does Eric Bieniemy joining the Washington Commanders does that maybe make it interesting for Lamar Jackson to go to Washington and and buddy up with Eric Bieniemy? I don't know, but I mean I I would think that Lamar Jackson would have to consider the situations at other places. I feel like the Ravens they're not perfect, but I think it's a little bit of a better infrastructure than, let's say, the Atlanta Falcons, no? Or the Washington Commanders. I know they have Terry McLaurin, and you know they had some really good running backs. Does Lamar Jackson change that team completely? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I don't I know. Mean, it depends on whether you know Kyler Murray signed for you know a couple hundred million and 130 of it guaranteed. I think they made a similar proposal to Lamar Jackson. It's really about the guaranteed money. So if he's adamant that I am not playing, I'm going to hold out until I get the Deshaun Watson deal, then Baltimore needs to cut bait. And frankly, Lamar Jackson is 27 years old. I will stand by my philosophy until the end of time that a dual-threat quarterback whose main asset is running the ball cannot it's not sustainable in the NFL. And he's not a pocket passer. So I would not be shocked. In fact, I would be very unshocked if Baltimore decides they're going to part ways with Lamar Jackson and get as much draft capital as they can. And I would love to see Lamar Jackson then go to Washington. Yeah. Him, him, him and Eric Bieniemy, like the, these are two people where people are not really giving them enough credit for their success. Yeah. Right? When you look at the Ravens' success, are people pinning it completely on Lamar Jackson, or is it because decent coaching? I say that with the, uh, the laugh because – John Harbaugh's a good coach. John Harbaugh's a good coach, but, yeah. I mean, he, he had his moments this year where he bleeped up. Right? Didn't didn't he go for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal? Yeah, or dude, he kicked a field so goal? Easy. Yeah, but if he would have gone, you know, th- those decisions are so easy to judge in hindsight. John Harbaugh, as a Steelers fan, it was like two yards. Yeah, Lamar very, Jackson is a very good coach. Lamar Jackson's now been injured the last two years, and um, you know, for for my perspective as a Steelers fan, I hope they franchise him and then pay him a huge amount of money because it's going to tie up their salary cap for years to come because I want to beat Baltimore. Yeah. So I'm actually hoping he stays. All right. Uh, as we continue to talk more NFL offseason headlines, uh, let's give away those pair of digital tickets to the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl. Uh, let's do caller number three. If you're the third caller at 719-1490, 719-1490, you will get those digital tickets to the Tucson Craft Beer Call presented by Tucson Foodie. It's in downtown Tucson, and the event starts at 1 p.m. Can I ask you a question? Yes. So as a lawyer, the, the number one, one of the rules of thumb is never ask a question you don't know the answer to. And I'm going to ask you a question you might not know the answer to. Okay. But does this ticket basically allow you to go to each uh, 
each place and they give you the the beer like you don't have to buy it i don't know the answer to that yeah you get i believe you get like 32 ounce beer tickets oh perfect wow it's pretty cool it's got to be something right because you don't usually need a ticket to go from a bar to a bar to a bar so there's got to be something that comes with it. So we don't know what it is here at Spears and Ali, but we think it's pretty cool. So call in now at 719 It's great. And these are a pair of digital tickets. So if you want to take actually... your neighbor, if you want to take <laughs> your your loved one, I mean, hey, you never know. You got cool neighbors. Shout out to Ronnie, my neighbor who lives next to me. Uh, cool dude. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd take him to a Tucson bar crawl. Absolutely. Are you like uh, the the two guys in office space where you can hear each other through the through the walls? And... <laughs> no, no, no. You're gonna no. end up working construction at some point. <laughs> if I keep asking you for the TPS reports. <laughs> Coming yeah, on Saturday. Okay. That'd great. be great. But yeah, if you want those uh, tickets to go to the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl, 719-1490, 719-1490, caller number three, we'll get those tickets. Um, yeah. 32-ounce drink sample tickets. Yeah, and a commemorative glass, it looks like. And a commemorative glass with Justin Spears' face on it. Look at that. Now (laughs) the phone lines light up. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) All right, 719-1490, 719-1490. Call in and get those tickets today. And it starts at 1 o'clock, so you can watch maybe the first half of um, Arizona ASU. And then go watch it from bar to bar. And then Arizona... Oregon State women's basketball starts at one o'clock, and maybe bars have Pac-12 networks, so you can watch both basketball games, enjoy amazing beers. Yeah, man, I it's went to cool. the uh, Arizona women's basketball game against Utah. Uh, thank you, Adia. That was very kind of you, and uh, it was incredible. And I've been to women's basketball games before, but man, Shayna Pellington was so good in that game. Thirty-five. It was. She was just. It was just amazing. And uh, Utah has a young woman that. I don't know her name. I think it's Pillel or something like that. She, she's, uh, she was, I mean, she had all my old man moves down low. She was really good. Old man moves? Yeah, you know, like How the so? up and under, the drop step. She was crafty, man. <laughs> it was really, it was a great game. It was a great game. A white t-shirt and New Balances she away did. from She did. She did. I, I, the only thing that was missing was the goggles. <laughs> <laughs> Any bank shots? That's like the the, the, bank the old. Was open. That's the 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 old man shot no, right absolutely. there. Bank. You yeah, know, I mean, she she rebounded. She was a presence on the inside. Yeah, she banked in most of her shots. And that's a lost art. You don't see too many people using the glass a lot lately. Good uh, point. Right. Yeah, you're right. And like, you can ask any. Like Tim Duncan, like, right? Was a damn, master man. of that, right? It's it's a lost art. You don't see it anymore. Huh. But. And you would think like after so many years, like somebody would have been like. You know that Kareem dude was pretty good. Maybe I should practice that skyhook thing he did. <laughs> that touch. How did? How did? How is there only? That's one of one. Who else had the skyhook like Kareem? Like, uh, Kwame Brown had it, no, but he didn't show it a lot. <laughs> but he had it. No, he. Still. But he. No, he shot a hook shot. He didn't have it. He, okay. You're right. <laughs> All right. Allegedly, let's... and that's my opinion, Kwame. So don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go uh, back and talk about NFL. Uh, so uh, Zach Rosenblatt, he actually posted this on uh, on Twitter the other day. Um, so David Carr, he I believe went on uh, was it ESPN or, or NFL Network, and David Carr, his brother Derek Carr, uh, played in the NFL for a little over a decade. Uh, 
Is Derek Carr the better quarterback, would you say? Yes, but David didn't get a real fair shake because they put him behind a junior high offensive line, and the guy got crushed to the point where he couldn't play quarterback anymore. So, yeah. Yes, Derek's had a much, much better career than David, but I, I give David a pass. But but David was – he had more buzz entering the NFL than Derek Carr. Yeah, right? I think he was physically more talented. Yeah. Derek's a better quarterback. Well, of course, David he was the first overall pick. Of course, he had more buzz. Yeah. Wait, what pick was Derek Carr? Derek was he... Carr was, like, top of the second round. Okay. Yeah. But Derek Carr is – Kind of on this. Uh, want... You, you want to know who who was drafted and where, buddy? You came to the right. I know that. Right? That's why I asked you. <laughs> it's like, why do I have to look this up? I could just ask Ali. Yeah. Um, but David Carr uh, went on NFL Network and uh, talked about Derek Carr going out to visit the New York Jets, and he said that he had a pretty good visit. Here's what David Carr had to say about that. It's not going to be in a situation where he just gets on a plane to right. go have fun in New York, no. which as much as we would love to do that. Would love that. Volunteer is Yeah, it'd be fine. But, yeah, Derek had a great trip. So he went there to, to get a feel for how they work, you know, from the top down. And mm -hmm. everyone he met, and we knew he would love Robert Sala. I've known yeah. Robert for a while. MJ knows Robert. He's fantastic. And they hit it off, and they they would love to work together. But there's a lot of questions that have to be asked. You know, he has to, he has to find out how the inner workings of obviously the front office works, but then also – I think the most important thing for him as a veteran quarterback, what is it going to be like as an offensive play caller and a quarterback in that relationship? Todd Downing is there. He has a relationship with Todd. Nathaniel Hackett is also there. So how does all that work? And, yeah. and they had a good, a, a good chat. They, they talked about a lot of different things. And obviously the team is, is just in need of quarterbacks and some stability there. They have a lot of good components. There's a lot of things that are very positive about the Jets. He had a great trip. So it's, it, it's honestly, it's, it's going to be a long process, though. There's, he really only has the Saints – the Raiders and the Jets to kind of compare those three places. Right. And so he wants to do his due diligence and see as many places as he can. What do you think is the best fit for Derek Carr? I always thought one of the NFC South teams would, would get him. Uh, I think that if he ends up with the New York Jets, it's because the Jets may have looked at two other options, one of them being Aaron Rodgers, and decided, okay, Derek Carr might, might be our best guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, for my money, the Jets is the best option for any quarterback looking to make a move because they have they do have a lot of really good components there, and they've got a really good defense, and they've got some great skill players that are young. Uh, and as long as you can work with the offensive coordinator and have a productive relationship, uh, I think I think it'd be a really good fit. And I think he would make. And I think it got kind of personal uh, during his visit because you know, from my understanding, you know, the Jets were telling him, "Look, you come here and you win, you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, Derek." And uh, from my from my impression of what I heard, that uh, that really resonated with him. And uh, you know, poor Zach Wilson, you know, he's probably like, man, this stinks, and you know, I'm on my way out. But I think he's he's okay because uh, he's hanging out with Stifler's mom. So you know, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny like how a what a year does for a young man because remember, really at the going into last year. You had members of the New York Jets walking into training camp with Zach T-shirts regarding his relationship with older women. Yeah. And right. they were like, man, Zach's our guy, blah, blah, blah. And then now a year later, they're like, well, maybe we should get rid of this guy. Yeah, I think uh, some of the things that he said and did last year really rubbed his teammates the wrong way. He was not very good at taking accountability. He's got immense talent. I thought that he was way overdrafted, and this is what happens in this process. A kid, you know, Jamar Russell, Jamarcus Russell gets on his knees at the 50-yard line and throws a ball through the, you know, the goalpost, and he becomes the first pick in the draft. So, you know, 
we'll see. He's an immensely talented kid. Let's see if he can mature. Um, and you know, but it doesn't look like his his future is in New York. And it'll be interesting yeah. if Derek Carr goes to New York. How he's gonna? I don't know Derek Carr, but you know, some some people say he's fairly sensitive. And is he gonna be? How's he gonna handle that New York press in one bad game? Because it's tough. Good point. Yeah, right? it is tough. But I will say this though. Derek Carr may have the the reputation of being a sensitive person, but I think about all the issues that Derek Carr had to endure ever since the Raiders moved to Las Vegas. I mean, just the move by itself. Like, he was a quarterback in the last game when they were at the Coliseum in Oakland. Yeah. And then they make the move, and he's still the franchise quarterback, and they put all the chips on their table for Derek Carr, and then he had to deal with his star wide receiver being out due to frostbite on his foot, and then Antonio Brown went on to do Antonio Brown things and was an absolute problem. And then he got released. So, okay, so you're without your star wide receiver. Oh, and by the way, you have your other star wide receiver get into a DUI and kill someone. And then, oh, by the way, your head coach also is in a bunch of emails and he says a lot of bad things. So you think about all these issues that happen, and plus the all the draft busts that they've had, all the first round picks and second rounders that were supposed to be good that didn't pan out. Like they're the whole Raiders organization has been an absolute train wreck for the last several years. But the one thing that has always been consistent was Derek Carr's leadership, and that's the thing is that he is an absolute leader. And if you put that kind of guy in the the system where you have a bunch of good skill players and a great defense. I think, honestly, Derek Carr could come back next year as the NFL Comeback Player of the Year. He handled it with a lot of class and a plum, I think is the right word. And I think the straw that broke the camel's back is when Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, finally shaved his head and no longer could be compared to Simple Jack from Tropic Thunder. And he's like, I'm out of here. So, you know, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Oh, man. I think he could do well in New York. Yeah, I think it would do, too. And I think it could do well in New Orleans, too, if you're thinking NFC South. Absolutely. All right, coming up next on Spears and Ali, let's talk some NBA with Jabari Davis from iHeartMedia. Plus, we'll also uh, talk about Wildcats in the NBA and also discuss Azulus Tubelis' most recent struggles. That's later on this hour, but let's talk NBA with Jabari Davis coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. So the uh, NBA All-Star Weekend took place uh, this past weekend. I didn't really watch too much of it. I don't think you did, Ali. I mean, man, I just can't wait to talk to Jabari about that rousing victory by Team Giannis over Team LeBron. What an amazing event that was. Yeah. I mean, there's a <laughs> saying that says, uh, I'd rather watch paint dry that I never really understood until that game came on. Jabari Davis from iHeartMedia joining us here on ESPN Tucson. Uh, Jabari, do you feel the same way about the All-Star game? Wait, they, they played a game? I thought I thought All-Star weekend ended on Saturday night when Mac McClung put on a show. Because outside of that, you know... <laughs> Hey, you know what? You're a true hoophead because you actually watched the dunk contest. Uh, I was not really interested in that at all. You know, when you tune into the dunk contest, you kind of want to see, like, the who's who of the NBA participate in that. Now, I'm not trying to discredit Mac McClung because, honestly, I think it's really cool. Like, if this is the pinnacle of his basketball career, 
then that's something special. You know, Mac McClung has spent a lot of time in the G League. If the highlight of his of his NBA career is winning the dunk contest, then you know I'm going to give him his flowers and I can appreciate that. But as a NBA fan, uh, Jabari, I just I want to see the high flyers that are playing in today's league. I want to see guys like I don't know John Morant participate in the dunk contest. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see Jericho Sims. You know. No, I, I, if we're being honest. I had a morbid, you know, like uh, you know, attraction to it because specifically because it was the opposite of what you know, of what I generally look for. I like you. Look, I came up, I came up, I watched, you know, I watched Dominique doing it, I watched Jordan doing it, you know, and later on down the road, you had Kobe. He even did it once. You had Vincenity. So you, you, to the point, I absolutely would like to see those stars do it, but I, it, it it wound up turning out to be a, a pretty exciting show. Now I recognize. Jericho Sims, the name doesn't you know isn't isn't going to call out to a lot of people, but the young man can get up. Uh, you know, tr- you know, uh, Trey Lyles, you know, it's not Trey Lyles. Uh, um, Trey my man Murphy, from, my man from Trey Murphy, excuse me. Tra- some of Trey Murphy's dunks were absolutely incredible, yeah. but I, I honestly think it, it what, what it wound up being is we've seen a lot of the dunks before, and it's almost like we're spoiled. So like, uh, unless we get the big names, we're not going to be excited about it, and that's unfortunate because Mac McClung really was incredible on Saturday night. He yeah. was good, but if you're going to call it an NBA event, then it should have NBA players. And maybe the way to fix it, Jabari, <laughs> is uh, if you win the dunk contest, you get one free trade after you sign an extension to wherever you want to go. <laughs> you know, I'd absolutely be here for it. You're an open free agent, and you can ju- and and you get you get to pick your destination. I'll put it to you like this. I don't necessarily anticipate like a, a run of G League type or G League level, you know, talent, you know, winning it. But if that if that in itself will get some of these NBA guys to actually participate in it, I'm here for it. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll call it the James uh, Harden Award. <laughs> you get you don't even have to act like you're disgruntled. You get to just trade yourself. <laughs> My friends call me Jim. <laughs> um so Jabari, uh, it, one thing I also found interesting was how the NBA just put out Carl Malone like that. Like to me, like I would see the the clips on Twitter of Carl Malone participating in the dunk contest, and I don't know about you, man, but I just I cringed every single time because you know, and I know, and I don't mean to sound like Skip Bayless here, but uh, he Carl Malone is just an absolute terrible person. And, you know, we don't need to get into all the details on why he's a terrible person. People can just Google Carl Malone and, and why he's a terrible person. But, man, it was it was so – it was just weird for me to watch anything related to NBA All-Star Weekend, and it seemed like NBA was just so proud to have Carl Malone be a part of it. You know, I, I, I almost feel like they painted themselves into a corner. Uh, you know, if, if people want to look into John Stockton, they can look into him as well. I'll be honest with you. I, I think it would have been more appropriate to honor John Stockton to have him like on the grand stage like that, uh, even given you know, you know regardless because regardless of what your political views are or whatever the case may be, it isn't quite the same as what you are what you are alluding to and what you, you know what you recommended people look up. I, I I'm not stunned by uh, so I guess I'll say I'm not stunned by it, but like you, I was a little bit you know I was a little bit like wow you guys are gonna keep doing this huh? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so now that we are approaching what is the quote-unquote second half of the season, right? Mathematically, uh, the halfway point was a little while back. But now that we're approaching the final stretch, what are one or two things that you're really paying attention to moving forward? 
truth be told, the Eastern Conference, while yes, there could be movement, you know, uh, you know, the Bucks are the hottest team in the league, obviously the hottest team in the conference as well. Uh, you know, they're they're tied in the loss column with the Celtics, and so I'm, I'm excited to see how that shapes up. Uh, you know, and obviously with you know Philly right behind them. For me, the focus, and it's selfishly, it's going to be the Western Conference, and not just because of the Lakers, but because it's still a matter of, you know, like you know, to the point that you just made, we're not 40 games left. We're not even 35 games left. In some cases, we're down to as, as few as 23 games as in the Lakers' case, and all of these teams are still jumbled right, you know, you know right on top of one another. I'm, in, I'm, a, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Obviously, I would like to see the Lakers at, at the very least making it to the play-in, but I'm excited to see how it plays out across the board because I think there could be so many different different matchups that, you know, that, that could be compelling, whether it's in the first round or beyond. And to be honest with you, I do think you're going to have a, you're going to have a situation where, you know, the, you know, a team like the Lakers, a team like the, like the, like the Blazers, uh, you know, a team like OKC, it might be, it might, we, we might get to the, the last week of the season, even in some cases, the last game of the season before we determine not just seeding, but who actually makes it in. And, and, and while I was, you know, I was a little bit negative about the play-in tournament a couple of years back when they first introduced the idea, I think this is what it has led to, and this is absolutely what they had in mind when they implemented it. So I saw that Russell Westbrook signed with the Los Angeles Clippers, and I wanted to, to root for Russ, uh, whatever team that he mm-hmm. signed with. I thought he might have gone maybe to the Miami Heat, or maybe gone back home to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I thought that would have been really cool for him to have a reunion there. But, man, I can't get myself to to cheer for Russell Westbrook, Jabari, because he's playing for the Ops. He's playing for the Clippers. He's playing for the team that shares the same arena as the Lakers, and I just can't do it. But I do find it interesting, Jabari, that the the, the main stars on the Clippers all grew up Laker fans. Like you got Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. and Russell Westbrook. They're all SoCal guys, and now they're with the Los Angeles Clippers. And man, I gotta be honest with you: if they can get on a run here and everyone can stay healthy, I like the Clippers a lot. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I'm I'm not gonna come out and just be a hater and say like, oh, I I don't think it could work because I much like with the Lakers situation. I if you look at it and you squint. And you you know you hold it up to the light a certain way you can see like hey look if everybody stays healthy and if Russ accepts and and embraces not just accepts but embraces whatever the ultimate role is going to be for him yeah there's a heck of a lot of talent on that team especially one through really one through twelve but one through ten in terms of rotation and you know what best of luck to Ty Lue, you know Coach Ty Lue and his staff in figuring out what that's going to look like but there's so much talent there that, that you know they have to be an intriguing story the fact that. Honestly, they you know they you know could they haven't played, had Kawhi for a portion of the season. Then he had didn't play a lot of the back to backs or, or or many if any of the back to backs. They're still you know they still find themselves in the four seed. They're right there in the mix and actually within reach of the seeds ahead of them. It, it's it's going to be a compelling story. But much like you, I'm a, I'm also you see I gave I gave you the 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 honest answer, but I'm going to give you the heart answer. Much like you, it's the same. I can't cheer for that. I can't root yeah, for that. I, can't. I, I wish them luck. I'm intrigued to see how it goes. But, yeah, that, that you know, it, I'm going to feel some type of way. Yeah, Jabari, for the first time that I can recall, we've got star players coming out and talking about uh, that players need to play more games, whether it's Anthony Edwards with Minnesota mm-hmm. or DeMar DeRozan just came out and said, you can't win the MVP unless you play a minimum 78 games. Is Do you think that mm-hmm. the peer pressure is going to help the situation or do you think there's another solution to have players who are getting paid to play just play? 
Yeah, honestly, Ali, and that's a great question. And and like you, I've been, I was intrigued by that because you oftentimes you, you get more of a united front in that regard. You get, you know, you, you may have people say things like, I personally want to play, but you don't necessarily have people pointing the finger and saying, yeah, those guys got to play. We ask, you know, and, and making it as an, an all-inclusive deal when it comes to that. I, I, I think – Look, I think everybody recognizes it's a problem. I think everybody, and I'm, I'm saying you know, the, from the players' association side of things as well as the league side of things, I think they've done they've done a good job of trying to, you know, spread the schedule out enough to take out a, a lot more of the back-to-backs that they've had. Ultimately, as crazy as this is going to sound, Ali, I think the only way to do it is spread it out another week to two weeks and just eliminate back-to-backs. I know that sounds crazy. Look, I you know I came up on a league where when you had back to back and that and in, in, in extreme cases there were even three games in a row. I, I know those were extreme cases and things are ultimately different. We have more information and, and we recognize that players need to allow their bodies to rest and fully recuperate. But outside of that, outside of extending the season, you know, like in terms of the length that it takes, I don't really know what they can do in order to legislate that out. So we have you on the record right now at All Star Break. Who is or what is your NBA Finals prediction? Who's playing in the finals? Oh man, this is a tough one because you know, look, I I, I find it difficult to pick against the Nuggets right now, and I recognize you know people are going to say, well, they haven't won it yet. Well, yeah, you know, teams generally have to you know they have to take steps. They don't just they don't just press you know you know press the button and, and make it to the finals. But it would not shock me whatsoever to you know to have the Nuggets come you know come out of the West. And you know what? Actually, this will be a surprise. Look, I think the Boston Celtics have been fantastic. I think you know in a series, obviously they have all of the components to be you know competitive against anybody. But if the Milwaukee Bucks are, are completely healthy or even relatively healthy in the postseason this year, I think the Milwaukee Bucks come out of the East, you know for, for a change once again. And Jabari, you're going to be very proud of me. Uh, Corey Williams, uh, ESPN College Basketball Analyst, former Arizona Wildcat. He gave me a homework assignment and said, you have to watch New Jack City. So I watched it last night, and I can't believe it's taken me this long to watch it. Nino Brown is probably my favorite Wesley Snipes character. And I know it's like recency bias, but my goodness, what a movie. No, and that's it. honestly when you told me, yeah, 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 I, I, you know, for the record, you know, folks, he was a little bit sheepish about it, saying like, "Hey, yeah, yeah, I'll admit it." The reality is, it, 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 it didn't hit you in terms of when it came out, so I understand. But I'm glad that you're in the mix because it's an all-time classic for that type of movie. And and to that point, it's definitely a top three, you know, you know top three performance of of mine for you know Wesley Snipes. And this is coming from a huge Wesley Snipes fan. But very fun movie, very fun cast. Welcome to the fold. Absolutely. Thank you, Jabari. Jabari Davis, yeah. iHeart Media, NBA personality. Um, Jabari, uh, real quick, uh, any uh, work that you want to plug in? Uh, the usual, man. You guys can find me on Twitter. And, and, again, thank you very much for the opportunity. I always love talking hoops with you guys. You guys can find me on Twitter, Jabari Davis NBA. Uh, the show is mad. You know, the main show right now is Mad Boosties. Miles and Jack you know, got Mad Boosties. I, I'm actually filling in as a co-host uh, for about another month. So it's, it's been a good time. Find us anywhere you get get your podcast. Jabari, keep up the great work. You the man. Always appreciate you. Likewise. Thanks, guys. All right. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. When I was about eight or nine, I was visiting my opa and oma, and my opa had a box of Kahlua chocolates, and I ate damn near the entire box. <laughs> and I was so messed up. But Don't anyways, talk to me like that, Dad. I'm eight. <laughs> I'm a man. I eat whatever chocolate. No. You're always saying no. no. Let's get some pancakes. <laughs>
Special thanks to Jabari Davis from iHeartMedia talking NBA with us here on Spears and Ali. Uh, speaking of NBA, a lot of uh, Wildcats making an impact in the National Basketball Association this season. You know, you got uh, you got DeAndre Ayton with the Phoenix Suns. He's putting up 18.7 points, 10.1 rebounds. Uh, Aaron Gordon with the Denver Nuggets, the top seeded Denver Nuggets. Uh, just in the month of February, he's averaging 25 points, 7.3 rebounds, and five assists. And of course, he's the uh, front court counterpart to Nikola Jokic, who's among the favorites to win MVP. And then, you know, you look at other Wildcats around the NBA. Lori Markkinen became the fourth Wildcat to uh, play in the All-Star game, uh, joining Andre Iguodala, Gilbert Arenas, and Sean Elliott, which is kind of surprising to me. I would have thought maybe Mike Bibby would be in there. Yeah, I mean, a couple of years there. I mean, Mike Bibby with Sacramento was arguably one of the best point guards in the NBA. Not no doubt. arguably, he was. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm very surprised. Well, Jason Kidd was pretty good at that time. They, they do take more than one person at that position, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you, well, you said arguably the best point guard. One arguably. Not arguably. One of the best point okay. guards. Okay. One of the NBA. best point guards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said arguably. No, no, no. He was the best point guard. That's what I thought you said. I thought you said you were good, Spider. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Mike Bibby, for some reason, didn't play in the All-Star game. Yeah. It's just just weird. So we've established we're both surprised. Yes. Okay. Uh, Benedict Matherin <laughs> uh, played in the Rising Stars Challenge. He's averaging 17.2 points, 4.1 rebounds uh, this season. Probably going to win Rookie of the Year, I think. Yeah. How cool was it to have those guys at the, uh, the game Saturday against Colorado? Well, I was telling Andrew this yesterday. If the All-Star game was in L.A., or Miami, or Chicago, or, I don't know, any place other than Salt Lake City, do you think Benedict Matherin shows up? Yeah, he's a oh, loyal I don't know and that. dedicated I don't know about that. Yes, he does. I don't know about yes, that. Yes, he does. Because think about it, man. You're at the at this break in the NBA season. Um, well, you got to be Debbie Downer, man. They show up. Just, I'm just saying, if I'm Benedict Matherin, like, hey, I'm going to come back in the summertime. Right. Yeah. I'm going to when I get my offseason workouts in, I'll be back in Tucson. I'll be training with uh, with Tommy and all the other guys. I'll come out and I'll visit then. But if I got all star weekend and it's in Miami of all places, like as much as I love to come back to Tucson, I'm going to I'm going to enjoy my first NBA all star break. Well, logistically, that wouldn't work. Right. But uh, if he wasn't in the all star game or in the rising stars game. And the game was in Miami. Of course, he would be here. Okay. You're not going to the All Star game if you're not taking part in it. Yes, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. he's a he's a part of All Star Weekend. Yeah. But Coloco wasn't. No. I mean, no, uh, Coloco, I get. You know, Dalen Terry, Justin I get. Justin Kyer didn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, Dalen Terry. Anyway, back to my point. It was awesome to see those guys. It was. Game, it was. You know, <laughs> and uh, the lights at McHale were bright. Mr. Coach Lloyd was right. Uh, so I'm glad that they didn't strain their eyes watching the game. They got a lot of grief for that. Justin Kyer, man, he uh, he hasn't played in the NBA yet. He's been in the G League, and he gets one triple-double, and all of a sudden he's the I'm-wearing-sunglasses-inside guy. Yeah. I don't mean to be critical, but come on, man. Sometimes, man, you just uh, – you, 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 I don't know. you got to get your cool vibe on, I guess. I don't know. I but guess. anyways, great to see those guys at the game <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> also, um, 
other Wildcats making an impact in the NBA this season. Uh, T.J. McConnell is the backup point guard for the Indiana Pacers. Uh, he's averaging 7.7 points, 5 assists, and 2.9 rebounds. And T.J. McConnell, give this man a ton of credit because did anyone think that he would last this long in the NBA? Well, he wasn't drafted. He wasn't drafted. Yeah. And now he's played eight seasons in the NBA. And playing well, and he's an integral part of that team in Indiana and uh, had, had a good run of scoring at one point this season. T.J. McConnell is one of those guys that's just really easy to root for because – he worked tirelessly to be able to put himself in a position to have a very nice NBA career. And and he's talented. He's putting up triple doubles. Yeah. Yeah, he this season he's tallied three double doubles and one triple double. Let me ask you a question since you're Rupert the reporter and you got a memory like an elephant. <laughs> Do you remember another time where so many former Wildcats were not only in the NBA, but doing well in the NBA. I mean, you got Aaron Gordon, you got uh, Laurie market in, you got Ben Matherin who could win six man of the year and rookie of the year. I mean, I'm sure there was a time. I mean, Steve Kerr was winning championships. Uh, Andre Iguodala was probably the number one option in Philadelphia for a number of years. Um, you know, Mike Bibby had that run in yeah. Sacramento, but I just, uh, at one time, like, it seems like every DeAndre Ayton's having a, a good year. Uh, I know that he gets a lot of criticism for not being consistent, but still, he's having you know 17 and 10. Pretty he's much getting a double double. I I don't know. Do you recall like as many wild former Wildcats at the same time having such productive seasons? Well, think about like the mid 2000s, the guys who were playing in the NBA at that point. Gilbert Arenas was among the top guards. Period. Yeah. Like <laughs> he put up 60 points on Kobe Bryant. Like Gilbert, people forget Gilbert Arenas was just an absolute bucket. He was. Um, unfortunately, except for against Kentucky. Yes. Yeah. Um, or not Kentucky. Uh, Duke, Duke. Duke. Yeah. 2002. In the national championship game. Yeah. Uh, but he'll tell you like, hey, no, it's fine. I think Richard Jefferson yeah. still gives him grief about. Yeah. That. He's yeah. like, he's like, you went four for fourteen no. in the national championship game, and Gilbert Arenas was like, well, that's fine. No, that's totally fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. And Gilbert Arenas also gave him crap. He said, uh, "It's like that, that's the only game that you played well in." And Richard Jefferson's like, "That's the only game you need to play well in is the national championship game." I showed up, you didn't. But in the NBA, Gilbert Arenas was an absolute scoring machine. And for a three-year period, I mean, we're talking about Gilbert Arenas being one of the top scorers in the league. So uh, when he was in his heyday, kind of in the the mid to late 2000s. You know, you had guys like Richard Jefferson still playing at a high level. I mean, shoot, Channing Fry revolutionized his game. Yeah. Went from just a, sta a standard post player to knocking down three pointers. But if you he was ahead of his time, man, but, Channing Fry today in today's game, yeah, would be uh, you would have made a lot more money than he made back then. Make a lot of money. And yeah. you know what's funny is it kind of how he performed in the NCAA tournament somewhat foreshadowed his NBA career. Because it might have been in the Elite Eight game against a team that we're not going to mention. Yeah. Um, or, I, don't, I don't remember that game, but yeah. Or um, the Sweet 16 game against UAB, I think it was. But Channing Fry put up a couple of three-pointers. And I remember when he put that first one down and he was running. I think it was against Illinois. Oh, shoot. I named it. Sorry. I know. Um, Us fans don't like to remember that game, Justin. But, but when he went down the court, when he made that first one, the fist pump, like how excited he was. And I just never forget sitting back in my chair. I'm like, wow, we never saw that from Channing Fry all year long. 
Now he's knocking down three-pointers, and then he goes in the NBA, becomes a big in a, uh, a three-point shooting big, and he's in the three-point contest with the Phoenix Suns. So Channing Frye, Gilbert Arenas, Richard Jefferson, Mike Bibby, like that that era. Damon was still playing around that time too, wasn't he? Like for like the Grizzlies, I yeah. think. Yeah. So. Ex- excellent point. I knew you would come through with finding another time where so many Wildcats were doing so well. <laughs> Such a smart The propeller ass. is spinning. <laughs> hey, but you want to talk about uh, Lute Olsen era Wildcats. Andre Godala, still the, the last one standing. Still the last one standing. Do you know how much money he's made in his 19-year career? What, like $140 million? $185 million. Wow. Just a little bit more. Good for him. Yeah. And he invested in Zoom in 2018. Think about investing in Zoom in 2018 and wow. what it's become. You know, I don't, he, I don't think Andre Goodall is struggling for money. No, he and he's done a really good job of you know becoming friends with the owner of the uh, Warriors and the, that that class of people, and they've given him a lot of astute investing advice. And so, uh, Andre Iguodala is going to do fine, and you know I'm sure uh, maybe uh, Andre Iguodala practice facilities in the future. All right, before Andrew cues up the Oscar music to kick us off. <laughs> Let's go to our final segment of hour number two. If you want to call in to the show, 719-1490 is our phone number, 719-1490. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. 1490 AM, 94.9 HD, Channel 4, and the Spears and Dolly podcast. In uh, the next hour, we will be talking all-time Arizona Wildcats and ASU Sun Devils. If you were to create the epic showdown between Arizona and ASU, which five players are you taking from each school? Yeah. Would you just like choose a bunch of really crappy ASU players so we could beat them by 100? <laughs> that's where I'm leaning. I'm, I'm choosing Derek Glasser. Yeah, there he number I'm one choo- choice. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, Alton Lister and Fat Lever. Uh, you don't make this list. Sorry, uh, James Harden. Nah, dude, you can you can take load manage that game. We're gonna take Derek Glasser. Damn. We're also gonna take uh, and who's a, a random ASU basketball player? Uh, Mike Smith. <laughs> Dan Smith. <laughs> BYU. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to call into the show, 719-1490. 719-1490 is uh, that phone number as well. Um, we, were, we were talking about NBA players from the U of A currently in right now. And, you know, Laurie Marketing is an all-star. Uh, Benedict Matherin played in the Rising Stars Challenge. So Arizona had Chicken a pretty bud. good presence. Chicken bud. Um, at All-Star Weekend. But you know what? You know, G League players, you know, these are guys who are on the cusp of making the NBA. And I got to give a ton of credit. One, to Justin Kyer, who was recently in Tucson. He dropped a triple-double with the Austin Spurs. Uh, Brandon Randolph has been spending some time in the G League as well. Uh, James Akinjo, who I know finished his career at Baylor, but, you know, we have to acknowledge that he's a former Arizona Wildcat. And he's absolutely dominating with the uh, Westchester Knicks of the G League. And then Gabe York. Do you know Gabe York participated in All-Star Weekend? Like, G League All-Stars were in Salt Lake City, and Gabe York was one of them. Was he in the uh, three-point contest for the G League? I believe so. Okay. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Good so, for yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Gabe York and to, to see the success that he's had. You know, I thought that his career would mostly be in 
Europe, overseas. But now that the G League has allowed players to earn more money, it's cool to see guys like Gabe York not have to play overseas and they could be in the United States playing in front of you know guys they grew up with. So, yeah. how do you think a G League team would do in Tucson? Man, that's really tough to say because I think Tucsonans are just so dialed in on Arizona basketball. Like, and it's not just men's basketball. Now you have women's basketball. Yeah. If you throw in another team, Tucson's Suns, that that might be a little watered down. I would say. Yeah, just. Yeah. Somebody brought it up to me the other day, and I'm. It's. Uh, I think a very good question. But it, it would also be super cool to have something like during the week, because NBA, they don't, they don't have a, a restriction on when they play. College, we know the women's play Friday, Sunday, men's Thursday, Saturday, for the most part. Obviously, non-conference play. You know, you have those games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but it'd be really cool to have a G League team play in Tucson and they play on Mondays and Tuesdays and people can go out and watch basketball. But again, I think people are so dialed in on Arizona that putting in something like this would just completely water it down, maybe, if that's, if that's the correct term. Because like with the Sugar Skulls, how many other professional football teams are there, right? You have, okay, you have the Wildcats, right? They're the college team. Uh, Roadrunners. What's the other hockey team in town? Yeah, you have U of A hockey, but to to me, the Roadrunners can thrive. Another basketball team, man, that'd be really tough. But it, it's the G League, and you have some of the best in the world that are you know close to making the NBA. So I don't know. That'd be interesting. What do, what do you think about a minor league baseball team though? Yeah, Ollie. Yeah, I think uh, baseball needs to come back, and it needs to come back in the form of uh, spring training first, and then we can talk about uh, building a facility and having multiple teams here again or having a team here again. Yeah, we're working on it, buddy. I miss going to spring training. I miss going out to TEP, watching Randy Johnson kill a bird. It's just man, it's awesome, man. I miss spring training here in Tucson. You're going to have some exciting news coming up in 2023. Can't wait. Yep. Can't wait. Wait, is that's is, this year? That's this year. All right, we're giving away a gift certificate coming up next. Stay tuned.